Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin, and today we are talking about small business benefit trends going into 2021. Unum has just released a new report surveying more than 300 companies across the US. Um, Companies with less than 250 employees asking them about their financial health um, and how are their benefits plans changing as we enter this new year. So we have two fantastic guests with us this morning. We have Scott Omeleniuk. Did I say that right, Scott? That's perfect, Claire. <laughs> okay. Also known as Scott O. Um, he's easier. <laughs> which is a bit easier. And he's the editor-in-chief of Inc. So he joined Inc. a year ago. Um, he's overseeing the brand's recognition programs, events and content, building new lines of business. Um, he's got a fantastic background in media with sort of ad age awards and so on. So, so Scott, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And we also have Jill Sasso. Jill is the Vice President of Human Resources, Governance and Programs for the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. They are the largest certifier of women-owned business, businesses in the U.S. and a leading advocate for women business owners and entrepreneurs. So, Jill, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me as well. So, First of all, you know, it, our survey was, we, we are, began the survey asking, what is your financial health like? What are your hiring plans going into the new year? Um, right at the end of um, the year in 2020, we did the survey. Uh, we saw this split in the data. So roughly half of the small businesses were hiring back employees or even hiring new employees. Um, and then we really, it was really quite 50-50. The other side, of course, given the ongoing pandemic, are uh, needing to cut hours, uh, layoffs and furloughs. So, Scott, I wonder if we can begin with you, sort of having led all these small business town halls across the country with Inc. in 2020, how would you describe the state of small business as we enter 2021? I, I think, Claire, if you can be simultaneously in a state of high anxiety in serious optimism simultaneously. <laughs> um, that sort of encompasses what I've seen um, in small business. And a lot of that has to do with how very differently, uh, just like individuals, businesses have been infect, uh, affected by uh, the pandemic, um, right? If you are in a hospitality-based business, your years has been as difficult as it ever could possibly be. If you are in a business that, um, helped facilitate remote work, right? And we all think about Zoom or Microsoft Teams or something like that, but there are many other smaller ones that do do that um, uh, similar work. Uh, they've had fantastic years so uh, and, and are excited about the year to come. I think the biggest issue is, is for everybody is just a little bit of uncertainty in the coming year, right? And, and it's not, okay, business um, as usual, with the pandemic as a backdrop, it's not sure what our backdrop is going to be in 2021. Uh, and I think that has people concerned. But fundamentally, entrepreneurs are optimistic. So that exists. That's sort of like a, a safety net for them, I think. So Jill, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Your view at WeBank, um, Women's Enterprise Business National Council, uh, you're seeing women-owned businesses in particular. How, how, how would you sort of answer that question? 
Well, I actually love the way that Scott phrased that because I would totally agree. I think <laughs> 2020 has been really tough, especially on small businesses, um, but entrepreneurs have that wonderful ability to always be optimistic. That's why they're entrepreneurs in the first place, right? And so um, so I would completely agree with that. I think um, it's, it's unknown what we're headed into in 2021, but certainly everyone is hoping that it's, it's um, you know, with the vaccine on the horizon, it's going to be a much better year for business, especially, um, but for people, <laughs> first and foremost. Um, and so I would say that, um, you know, our women are seeing the same, um, are, are feeling that our women entrepreneurs are, are reflecting that perfectly. Um, you know, as far as um, what they're thinking about, um, you know, cash flow for sure. If you want to kind of dive into it, that's number one. Um, and surviving still, we have some businesses and, and it's largely dictated by industry. So Scott, you said it perfectly. So those two, there have been some who are drinking from a fire hose and have had a, a boom in 2020. Um, and then there are some who have really been struggling. So events type businesses, hospitality. So um, I think cash flow, um, uh, especially for those who are in survival mode is, is, is key. Um, certainly a couple of other things are uh, well-being of their employees. We have, um, you know, entrepreneurs and, and women in the workforce who have family members who are ill or who have even passed away. And so um, that's something that we all have to meet uh, right where it is. We've got to be honest and transparent and, and meet their needs um, because you can't come to work as your whole self when you have those kind of concerns uh, and things going on in your life. And then I think um, the third thing is is going along with the idea of, um, you know, looking forward to 2021 and being optimistic is ensuring that their business um, continues to grow. Um, so those are probably the top um, three that I would say I see in our in our network. That's great. And, and I'd love to pick up on that idea of safety and well-being. Um, obviously, with the, the Benefits Trends Report, we were kind of really asking about that. Um, uh, Jill, I wonder, can you point to what are some of the major concerns there or how are businesses prioritizing that safety and well-being? Sure. Well, I think, um, again, I think you know, ensure businesses realize certainly entrepreneurs because a lot of our smaller ones have a small number of employees. So that's their most vital resource, right? They've got to make sure their workforce is healthy and able to perform for their business to perform. But but also there's a greater focus on people, right? And and what we're all experiencing together. And so I would say, um, you know, I'm seeing a much bigger emphasis on empathy, an empathy-based approach versus pointing to a policy. I'm seeing uh, people be much more nimble, business owners be much more nimble in their policies um, and handle things on a case-by-case -case basis versus saying, yeah, everybody is subject to this rule. So um, really meeting their employees where they are and trying to meet those needs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think flexibility is the main thing. So it be it a flexible work location, be it flexible hours, be it working around. We know that m most working women or many working women have um, household responsibilities that are greater than um, their male colleagues and childcare responsibilities. So really moving uh, the workday around and being nimble so that they can accomplish those things as well and, and stay <laughs> sane, if you will. <laughs> right. And Scott, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, too. I know you've spoken about how, again, clever, resourceful entrepreneurs are, but they're not superheroes. They need their people. 
They need their people in, in, in contrast to larger businesses, right? Most smaller business know their employees far more intimately. Um, and so everything um, is more of a concern for them. Everything in extreme circumstances uh, are a concern. I can't tell you the number of times I just have with my team recently um, have understood and have said to people, I understand you need to do this. Your family's more important than this. Go, right? So people are doing that and have to do it. I, I would say the remarkable thing uh, for me, and and um, this is not something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs came into the game understanding, but but that's that, that the MBA in these circumstances probably isn't as important as the certified social workers degree, right? We need to be uh, much more understanding as leaders now. Servant leadership is much more important. And, and I think we're moving in that direction naturally. Um, but I think this has accelerated that idea and businesses that embrace that understand that their team is is their more valuable than their customers without whom they don't get customers. Um that that with keeping that team together, keeping them healthy, they really don't have a business at all. And when I say healthy, I mean fully healthy, not just physical health, but mental health and desire to come to the office and understanding that there is a, a backup for them, right? Um, one of our entrepreneurs that we talk to all the time said, firing uh, people is, is easy, uh, hiring is, is hard. And and I would say that's that's both true and, and, and not true again, um, whereas, you know, firing someone for cause uh, is, is, is one thing, but letting people go because you're not meeting your cash flow is another. And that's just as hard as hiring those right people who make up your uh, team to begin with. And, and, and so I think what we've seen overall is is an emphasis on uh, the interactions and and the culture. We, you know, we talk about culture a lot. We talk about uh, the workplace environment a lot. But we've seen that, and in, in, in part because we're not many of us aren't in a workplace environment right now. But we've seen the idea of what constitutes uh, the workplace and what constitutes culture changing and those uh you know tr traditional perks or interesting things are the things that so many businesses adopted because they thought were cool that they saw startups in silicon valley doing like the you know uh foosball table or shuffleboard table in the cafe or what have you you know that suddenly has a lot less importance than making sure people have um sort of the the safety net that they need to survive in a time like this Right. And and I, I will say in the, the benefits report, um, there was a very hopeful note to it, which which we were very happy to see, which we asked, you know, what will you be? Will you be adding to your benefits portfolio in 2021 or will be reducing your benefits, taking away benefits? And we actually saw three out of four small businesses are keeping the same benefits or actually increasing the benefits. And um, of that sort of uh, one in four that were, were having to make changes, actually just one in five of them were actually reducing benefits. Others were shifting who's paying for the benefits and so on. But that was really encouraging. I think going into 2021, we're, we're looking for some good stories, some good news. <laughs> and certainly it's looking like small businesses are really recognizing the importance of the benefits, that they're, they're keeping them where possible. Um, and, and Scott, I know you've talked 
something you've been noticing, Inc. has the best in business awards as well as the best workplace awards, which was fascinating to see in 2020, actually. Um, and and you, you've talked about how you're seeing this new type of sort of business person in going into entrepreneurship, who's really putting the human at the center of the enterprise. I wonder if you could speak to that a bit. Yeah, that's true. Inc. does two big recognition programs and then a bunch of others. But one is the Inc. 5000, which represents the 5000 fastest growing companies. Right. And that's all revenue driven. And that's exciting and important and obviously one marker of success. But but we have a, another awards program that we've launched recently called Best in Business. And it's about non-financial impact. Right. It's about the impact you make on 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 your your community, your your client, uh, your consumer, your your team. And in that, we've seen amazing businesses that are leading uh, the culture in ways that are really inspiring, um, that are tackling some of our toughest problems, whether or not they're part of their business, right? So for example, a great great story that I like to use is, is an entrepreneur named Fawn Weaver, a uh, serial entrepreneur who, uh, founded a business called Uncle Nearest. It's a distillery, it makes bourbon. Uncle Nearest is actually, uh, she met a family member, uh, a descendant of the man who was Uncle Nearest, who taught Jack Daniels how to distill whiskey. Um, he was uh, wow. a slave a couple hundred years ago, uh, taught Jack Daniels how to distill whiskey. She launched this brand with the family. She hired a board that is all women. That's unheard of in the distillery business, um, which is very much a, a good old boys club, as you can imagine. Um, but 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 not only did she do that, right, which she didn't have to do, but because it's culturally important, societally important, she thought it was the thing to do. Then as other more entrenched distilleries in the area started laying people off, she started hiring them. And, and that uh, understanding of the importance of those people and, and, and showing how she helped them in a crisis when their traditional employer didn't is going to sh totally shift the dynamic um, in, in that region. Another really quick example um, that, that's not so uh, employee focused, but shows how serious businesses take their social responsibility uh, now is um, a company called Everlywell, which uh, is a new uh, health um, testing company and went to its board, not profitable yet, but the founder, uh, a woman named Julia Cheek, went to its board and said, um, I need a million dollars to launch a rapid COVID test. Uh, we have to create the test and launch it. And uh, at first they looked at her like she was crazy. And when she saw that, when they saw that she was serious, they gave her the million dollars to do that. And she and her team in the next two weeks uh, did that. Now, how does that benefit uh, uh, teams or, or the business itself? Well, it, it shows what's important. And there's just one last example I, I'd like to offer um, of a, a company called the Constellation Agency, which is a digital advertising company uh, run by a woman named Diana Lee. She uh, has bought uh, rapid tests uh, for her company, for her employees. She made them available to her team uh, so that they could more safely, if they were not staying by themselves uh, this holiday, if they were going to see uh, their family, um, she made them available to her uh, entire team and their family members um, so they might have a safer uh, holiday gathering. Um, to me, that's remarkable, right? That's not 
traditional business, that's showing how important your team is and how much you care about them. And I think uh, this is significant as people um, think about work differently and think about, um, you know, a little bit more portability in their lives and and wanting to do work that matters. In a place like that, it's clear you're being recognized fully, not as a human resource, but as a human. And that's hugely important. That's wonderful. And I actually saw Jill nodding throughout your examples because they actually all involve women, which is wonderful. <laughs> and, and Jill, you know, part of us wanting to hear from you today as well is because we've seen those historic numbers of women leaving the workforce during the pandemic i think in september you saw that plunge right of uh, just huge women exiting the workforce due to probably caregiving needs and so on but i wonder jill if you could sort of speak to that and, and and any best practices then to help build the benefit strategy you know, Scott spoke to those leaders who are do, who are being extra, extraordinary role models. But then across small business, um, ha, ha, benefits that that really help engage people, and particularly women. Absolutely, I'd be happy to speak to that. But I have to. This is so funny. Um, I have to speak to a couple of things that Scott said. So first of all, I just did an Everly Well uh, test kit for food allergies literally on Saturday. So how funny is that timing? Wow. And I'd love to know I'm supporting a woman-owned business that has uh, such right. an amazing story. So thank you for sharing that, first of all. And then second of all, I want to tag on, I will talk about some of the benefits that um, particularly can help keep women in the workforce. But I want to also tag on to what you said, Scott, about um, focusing on the person and the human, that is going to become, in my opinion, what makes you in general or a business owner an employer of choice. Um, I think um, people value being valued and seen and heard more than they value money, raises, titles, any of that. This is going to be the shift that we're going to see and we're already seeing. Um, but I think I saw a report like 86% of workers would not work for a company that has a reputation that is otherwise, right? That is that they don't take care of their employees or, or have even gone the other direction. So those are important to note when you start to think about how to put your benefit strategy together. Um, so, um, but talking about what you can do to engage and retain your, um, you know, your female employees, I think, you know, a note to what I said earlier is adopt that empathy-based approach. Um, consider that current strain that there is on working parents and especially mothers. So there is for in a, in a lot of households, I'm not saying every household, but in a lot of households, you know, they're the primary child care uh, provider um, and they're trying to balance that with working. So we're seeing that everywhere, even even on ads and things like that, because that's the real life that we're working now, uh, in now or the real world. So, um, you know, provide flexible options for them, support them, meet them where they are um, and then provide adequate health and wellness uh, programs for them. Make sure that they have access to, uh, you know, an EAP, um, some, you know, somebody they can talk to if they need to. Most employers provide that. Uh, put it out there where they know how to get to it. Um, and then, um, you know, make sure that they're still getting some development as well. Uh, we don't want to, they don't want to feel like they're standing still in this time while others are, are getting to still progress in their careers. So make sure that they feel like they have access to things to help them develop um, skills, even to, to deal with the current environment. Um, the second thing I would say is to 
prioritize your culture. Uh, culture means everything, and it's harder when we're all remote or the majority of your workforce is remote. Um, you got to work harder at it, and you got to ensure that you keep that connection. So whatever that takes to make your employees feel like they're still part of the team, both in-person physical workplace employees and remote employees, that's vital um, in all of this because um, supporting them and then having them have that still have that network of their Really, most of us have friends at work, let's be honest. So having that network to rely on is huge. And then the third thing I would say is be nimble in your policies and your measurement of performance. Um, this is one of those things that, um, again, you can't go back to the way we used to do it because the world has shifted. So recognize that and say, how do we reflect the new normal? Take employee suggestions. If they come to you and say, hey, I can't meet these goals any longer. Are these realistic? Take a hard look at those. Are you still, do they still have goals that reach your ultimate goals as an organization? Um, that's the first step, of course. And then, um, you know, adjust those to what the current reality is and make sure that they feel that they can accomplish those. That will reduce burnout, anxiety, stress, that we're seeing across the workforce. So all of those things are important um, in retaining all of your employees, but certainly women. Um, the last point I would make um, is what we do now to, to support women is gonna have far reaching effects in um, you know, the equality in the workforce. So make sure that you are, you may need to put specific things in place just to support your female employees. So take a look at, are you losing those valued employees that you worked so hard to get, by the way, <laughs> don't let them go that easily. Um, and so what could you do to meet them and meet their needs where they are and keep them as part of your organization? That's fantastic. And Scott, it makes me think of something you said, actually, uh, how none you uh, you said to me, none of the people are on our list, I think the Inc. 5000, think in an old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that key to survival, I wonder for a closing thought, listening to Jill. Yeah, I, I think we have to recognize that there was a way of doing business, uh, you know, for, for decades, for 60 or 70, 80 years now. Uh, in, in the West that actually came out of uh, the way the military was structured, right? The American corporate uh, in, uh, hierarchy was very much based on a, a military structure. And in some cases, it's interesting because the militaries changed far more qu quickly than corporate America has. But what I see uh, in the Inc. 5000, in the best in business, in the best workplaces, are companies that are are not, uh, they're they're not doing business as usual. They're not stuck in that old hierarchy. Being an entrepreneur means doing something new and different. And, and you're not going to get there. Uh, you're not going to succeed as an entrepreneur if that new and different uh, isn't just about uh, your outward looking uh, business, but, but inward too. You have to reinvent what you're doing in your house now uh, to succeed going forward. No question about that. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the show. I tell you what, Small Business America, it, one of the most inspiring parts of America, I think, right? These entrepreneurs. So we wish everyone listening, you know, all the best. And also, please join us uh, on 
January 28th, um, Scott and Jill and also Shay Treadway from Unum will be on a SHRM webinar, Society of Human Resource Management. Listen to them go into even more detail there. We'll be linking to it in our show notes. And after the event, uh, if you're listening to it afterwards, you'll link through to the recording. So you can. So thank you, Jill. Thank you, Scott, so much. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you, Claire. My pleasure. Thank you, Claire. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.